the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. You know, almost through the week, if we're still counting days or paying attention to what weeks look like, I have not a clue. My schedule evolves on when this podcast comes out. How's everybody doing? What's going on? It's WrestleMania week. We are continuing to celebrate things all WrestleMania here. We started things off on Tuesday with Cesaro. He is headed into his first singles match um, with Seth Rollins. That is coming up uh, this weekend, WrestleMania 37. So to follow that up, we had to add some cool-ass babes into the mix, and we were so lucky that we got Rhea Ripley on the show. Such a great interview. I've not been able to, like, hang out with her or, like, pick her brain all that much because, honestly, by the time she was brought up to the main roster, was, like, kind of around a little bit more... I was already working for Fox, so I wasn't really around that much. But, I, you know, just being able to call uh, some of her matches in the Mae Young Classic, uh, being able to talk about her throughout Evolution, the pay-per-view, um, just being able to watch her career in general. She's one of those people, and uh, I'm sure any wrestling fan can attest to this, of like, there's just always this really special, cool buzz around her. She's somebody that you can just tell is special. Her character is special. She moves amazing. She's she's such a great talent in the ring. But she also just has this like really fun, cool, bubbly personality. And I think a lot of that gets to really shine through this um, conversation that I got to have with Rhea. Um, just talking about her match coming up with Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Talking about how the women were, more women were added onto the WrestleMania card. Thank God. Can't have two days of WrestleMania and only have two women's matches. I'm glad that they gave their heads a shake on that one and added in the tag team turmoil match. And then the uh, the women's tag team championship match on Sunday. So, thank God that got sorted. Uh, but yeah, just a conversation with her talking about what the women are doing in WWE, what the women are doing at WrestleMania, um, how her career has changed and progressed. You know, kind of looking back at what happened last year at WrestleMania, her matchup against Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. Great moment, but nobody was there. That was like sort of at, you know, the earlier stages of this global pandemic happening. Nobody really knew what was going on, who, you know, if we were coming or going or what was happening. So having that empty arena for this epic moment for her to have this WrestleMania moment, it really kind of feels like a redo this year, you know, to, to be able to take a step back and have another go at things. We're going to have fans in Tampa at WrestleMania. Um, we talk about, you know, her being able to have Ash Costello from New Year's Day. She's going to come out and perform her entrance music and walk her down to the ramp. So just all the, the cool pageantry side of WrestleMania that we all love and get so pumped for. I love all that stuff. And this year I get to just watch as a fan. Kind of again, I mean, last year I was essentially just watching as a fan anyways because I was not on the road. I wasn't at WrestleMania. I was working for Fox, still WWE as well, but it was just a different vibe. And this year I get to do the same thing and there's something really nice about that. Something just about like watching the pay-per-views and enjoying them and not having to work at them. There's something about that that I, uh, I thoroughly enjoy. So looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, we continue to celebrate all things WrestleMania here uh, on Oral Sessions. 
Um, make sure to check out the interview with Cesaro from earlier this week. We've got Rhea Ripley. And then on Monday, we're going to release an episode on Monday instead of Tuesday next week because Emilio Sparks and I, uh, we are going to be recapping both days of WrestleMania. Uh, so we'll have everything put together for you guys for Monday. Um, so, you know, hit that subscribe button. Check it out. See what's going on so that you're in on the know. You can catch up on uh, on all the things that we've got covered for you. Also, I mentioned it earlier in the week, but I'm going to be doing some WrestleMania-themed cooking on my Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw or not, but I finally received my book in the mail. Yes, I got it early. I get that, like, special exclusive. I wrote the book, so I get it a little bit early. Uh, but I got to, like, flip through it, look at it all. So I'm going to pick some of the recipes actually from that. Maybe not, like, stick to it entirely because I really want to go, like, WrestleMania-themed. But there is one recipe in there that I know will apply. So I will be following that so you guys can get a little sneak peek at some of the recipes that are inside the book. So make sure that you are following uh, me on my Instagram on Saturday and Sunday at Renee Paquette. Anyways, this is enough of me talking. Good God. Let's just get to it. You didn't come here to listen to me stammer. Stammer on? Yammer on? Whatever. Here we go, guys. Here she is. Rhea Ripley. Girl, how you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, like, I feel like I'm constantly just ingesting a million calories a day um, and struggling to get off the couch. So it's nice to be able to work from home right now. <laughs> oh, I bet. I, I oh my bet. God. <laughs> it's the best. How are you doing? You are days away from WrestleMania. How are you feeling? I'm super excited. I actually haven't let it like completely sink in yet because I, I don't want to like overstress myself or like get too excited to the point that it turns into stress and it's not no longer like exciting. So I haven't really let it sink in too much just yet, but I am pumped. That's really hard to manage. I mean, at least now because, okay, so you did raw yesterday. This comes out on Thursday, but we're recording on Tuesday. You did raw. So at least you get the go home show out of the way. So now you just have like a few days to like mentally get everything together. Do you have like a checklist of what you need to do? I haven't made one yet. I like mentally have one, but I haven't written anything down. And I think that's why I'm stressing out over it, especially (laughs) because this week I have so much media to do as well. So I'm just like, where am I going to fit in time for everything? Like I've, I had to get like a schedule planner. It's the first time I've ever had one. I've never needed one before now. So like I've been writing down so much stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy how much it like helps. So to like actually write things down. Cause I used to be like that. I'm like, Oh, I'll remember it. It's fine. Then all of a sudden you're like, wait, where do I have to be? And like, you feel Legit. like it's terrifying. It's too hard. The amount of times that like someone's messaged me, they're like, we'll see you in 10 minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> For what? <laughs> what do we need? That's a panic. That's going to like, hopefully it doesn't mess with your sleep. Cause I feel like that's the thing you go to bed and you're like, do I have to be up early? What do I need to do? It's very scary, but Hey, it's mania week. That's what we're doing. That's what we do here. I actually feel like I'm having like, um, a bit of FOMO this year of not being able to be at WrestleMania, but I get to just watch as a fan, which is very cool. I, I do really love that. It's going to be a big one, I feel, this year as well, because last year was in quarantine. So I feel like this year is going to be like intense. So it's probably good that you're watching from home. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> so you're saying that does, that, does this almost feel like, I don't want to say a do-over, because I mean, last year's WrestleMania was great. There was so much stuff up in the air of like, 
are we doing this? Aren't we doing this? What's it going to look like to now? Here we are like, all right, we've got two days again. Now we've got a crowd back in there and you get to have this new build with Oscar. Does it feel brand new to you? It does. Like last year, I don't want to say that it was like disappointing because it wasn't, it was still WrestleMania, but it was definitely a different sort of feeling than I thought it would be where this year it actually feels like super real. And I have Ash singing me out as well, which is like super amazing. I'm so excited for that. So I feel like I'm having like all my WrestleMania moments all in one and it's just super exciting. I get to step in the room with Oscar, someone that I wanted to wrestle for years. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, I feel like you two are going to beat the hell out of each other. This is going to be one of the hardest hitting women's matches we've probably ever seen in WWE. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned having Ash Costello come and uh, play you out. How did that all come about to set that up? So I think it was actually meant to happen last year. I didn't hear anything about it, but she messaged me saying, like, I'm sorry, this was supposed to be the moment, blah, blah, blah. Like she had already been contacted by WWE, but it got canceled before I heard about it. So they just messaged her this year as well. And, and she said that she was down. So it's, it's incredible because, like, I've listened to – New Year's Day, which is the band that she sings with for years now. And I've met Ash before and she's so lovely. And I'm so glad that I get to share like this WrestleMania moment with her and to know that like they haven't been able to tour and do shows as well. And this is like the big, like one of the biggest things that they're going to be doing. And it's just out of nowhere. Like it's super cool. It's crazy. It's so cool to see so many women coming out to play. Cause I know Poppy's coming back to do NXT. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got Ash, we have, um, Nina Strauss. Yeah. Nina Strauss. I mean, she is such a badass. Oh, yeah. She is going to tear it up. She's so cool. Also really, really nice. She's so nice. And she's such a big wrestling fan that like, it's fun to like hang out with her and her boyfriend. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, they are always so happy to be there and be a part of WWE. So that's one thing taken care of for, for WrestleMania. You've got your entrance sorted out, which is huge. I know Bailey's a little bit upset about that because she wanted to have Haley from Paramore play her oh. out, but that's not happening. So may, maybe next year we're still working next on that. Year, yeah. It's okay. Now for your gear, because you Okay. So before I get into this, before I was prepping for this interview, I went back, I was like, Oh, what notes do I have on Rhea? And I went back to when I was doing notes on you for the May Young classic. So these are like two, three years old, but one of the notes I had was about you making your own gear and like making your own vests and doing all that. Is that something you still do? Yeah. So I don't stud my pants anymore. Cause I just, I ran out of time with all the road loops that we were doing at the time. I could probably do it now, but like, I just can't be bothered. But um, I still make my jackets, which I, I love. It's something that I love to do because I get to show everyone something that I've made, you know? It's it's just, it's cool. And I get to make it my own. And also, it's probably not too much cheaper, but it's cheaper than it would be if I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. And at least that way you have like the full creative control over what goes into your jacket. So do you have it done now or is there still work to be done? I technically finished it a couple nights ago. I'll probably end up putting more on it because I'm weird like that and I just can't stop. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's done, but I, I can still see part of the jacket. So I'm like, should I start that? <laughs> I don't know. Would it be too much? I'm not sure. I feel like you and Bianca should do like a wardrobe exchange. Like she should do your gear. You should do hers. Do some kind of a swap out. Because I mean, the fact that you guys both do your own gear like that is... Round of applause. I mean, come on. <laughs> How did you learn to do that? Where did you pick up the skill? 
I had like a denim vest in Australia when I wrestled for Riot City and I put like patches on that. I didn't put studs. I just put patches. And I think that was like the start of this for me. So coming over here and deciding that I wanted studs on my jacket, I sort of just started doing it. I don't, I didn't really watch any videos or anything. I just looked at the studs and saw how they would go together, I guess, and just started doing it. Do you have any like seamstress heat? Because I feel like they would love to do your gear. Like Julie does the best studded up gear. She's done everyone's from like Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. So the fact that she doesn't get to do your gear probably like chaps her ass a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, they haven't said anything to me. I'll look into it. I'll let you know. I'll get the scoop. Yeah. Like, how do we really let feel? Let me know the ghost. <laughs> um, okay. So you're facing Asuka. Uh, this is going to be such an amazing match for both of you. How, how are you feeling just heading into this with, you know, one of the best female performers that we've been able to see in WWE in Asuka? We have that insane run that she went on coming out of NXT. For the two of you guys to meet at this moment, it feels pretty special. Yeah. I mean, I have so many emotions that I'm feeling about this match. Like I'm super excited and nervous. Like I'm, I'm super excited because I get to step in the ring with Asuka. And I remember watching her in Japan when I was on the same show as her when I was 17 years old. And I thought that she was incredible. Um, I was absolutely terrified of her at the time. She scared the absolute crap out of me, but I thought she was incredible. And now like we get to meet in WWE and we get to have this like insane match and I'm just, I'm super pumped. I'm nervous because I feel like I haven't wrestled in a long time. Like it's been a few months, except for like the tag match that we had Monday. But like, I haven't had a singles match since uh, my last women's standing match with Raquel. So it's been a while. Um, so I'm, I'm nervous about that. Just in myself, in my like, my gas tank, if I'm going to make it or not. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I'm excited nonetheless, you know. Does your training change between now and Mania? Or are you going to like, are you going to hit it harder or kind of scale back a little bit? Um, I've sort of just kept it the same because it hasn't really um, like hindered me with anything yet. Um, but I feel like with wrestling, it's such a different sort of cardio. It's something that you can't really like prepare for in the gym. So like I could walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes and that's what I normally do. I walk uphill for 30 minutes and it's nowhere near the same as like an eight minute match, which is so difficult. I I really need to like go to a ring and do some in-ring training. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to be sore for my match. So it's, it's just, it's a win lose sort of. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very fine line. Like I always hear wrestlers say that of like, there is nothing like having in-ring cardio. There's nothing else you can do to prepare for that. And yeah, when you've got days to WrestleMania, it's like, obviously, you know, you got to think about a million different things, getting injured, feeling sore, feeling a certain way. So just stick to what you're doing and it'll get you there. It will get you there. (laughs) Yeah. I just hope I look good for it. That's what I'm aiming for. I just want to look like I'm ready. (laughs) You always look like you're good and ready every time, every single time. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. 
So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in-play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in-play today. Um, so coming into this WrestleMania, I mean, after last year's Mania with you and Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship and just sort of where your career went from there to, to where you're at now with being back on Monday Night Raw, now heading into WrestleMania, how has that like stop start momentum kind of been uh, working for you? Last WrestleMania, like I learned a lot from being in that match and I wouldn't take back anything that happened. And then the road that I took after WrestleMania, I went through like speed bumps and ups and downs and everything. I like character wise, I didn't know what I was doing personally wise. I didn't know what I was doing, but it's, all part of the game pretty much. And I feel like I've learned so much from being in those situations and I honestly wouldn't change anything, even though, yeah, like it did hinder me a bit. I feel um, like the things that happened after mania, I feel like I've built myself back up and I'm finally ready to like take out the competition again. And I'm so stoked to see how far I've come in a year, not only in wrestling, but as a human as well. Cause I'm, I'm only like 24. So I'm still technically like growing as a individual. So to be able to grow up in WWE is really, really difficult, but I'm glad that I'm taking the paths that I'm taking. It's interesting too, because it's like you said, I mean, being 24, being 23 this time last year. So for you to take a year that is you having these speed bumps and learning things is frustrating as I know that that can be, I mean, it seems like this is something that sort of happens to everybody, that it's this frustration that happens of like, well, I was right there. I had this moment. And now it seems like I'm being put through these like weird obstacles. And it feels like why like, it almost feels like a punishment to a degree or like what is like it's hard to not get in your head about that. But ultimately, it's all kind of for something. You know, like it, it all leads to like you being a better performer, you having a different kind of confidence in yourself to knowing your character a different way. It's, it's so hard to wrap your head around that though, when you're in the thick of it though, did you feel that when you were in the thick of it? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'm someone that really like prides themselves on how far they've come and like how mentally strong I've become over the years. And last year was really difficult for me and it was hard for me to think and manage just living, you know? <laughs> It was, it was really hard, but I had to keep reminding myself that like life gets better and life gets worse and it's a continuous roller coaster all the time. And that's just life. So if you stick out the hard times, like good times are on the horizon. And that's just what I had to keep reminding myself. And now I'm going to WrestleMania to face Oscar for the Royal Women's Championship. Hell so would you yeah. look at that? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, how much did this COVID year have a part in that as well of just like not being on the road, not knowing what is going on in general? Yeah, that had a massive input because, like, I was so busy before all of this. Like, we were doing two road loops a month, which is, like, four days of straight wrestling. We were doing uh, coconut shows here in Florida. We were doing full sale uh, shows. We were doing so much. And then to have that sort of just all cut off and then also not being able to go to a normal gym 
like, it was just so weird to me. Like my, my gym time is definitely a time where I sort of like, I don't want to say relax. I'm not relaxing, but like I'm mentally relaxing and I de-stress and it's like my happy place. So not having that and not having all the shows where like I can have fun on the house shows and wrestle instead of being stressed for TV. Like it was, it was really affecting me, but we made it through. We made it through. Fans are back. That's one thing, like even just from like a fan perspective watching, I'm so excited to see what that's going to look like. So, you know, WWE is going to do things like big for this and just for the performers. Cause I mean, I know how hard it's been on everybody to be cooped up in the locker room and trying to kind of generate your own energy to like hype yourself up. That's got to be so hard. I can't even imagine for you guys. Um, so from you going from uh, being back on NXT to now being on raw, what is sort of the general feeling right now amongst the NXT locker room? Is it, does it still feel like being brought up to the main roster if you're on Raw or SmackDown? Or does it still feel very separate? I mean, now we've got NXT moving to Tuesdays and it's very much its own, very strong brand. But how do you guys feel about it? To be honest, when I was in NXT looking at Raw and SmackDown, I felt like we were on par and everything was the same. Um, when I came here, there is some things that are different. Like, I'm not going to lie. There's some things that are different. There's a lot more stress. I feel we have less like lean and sleep, but love the stress, love the stress. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Love it. Nothing, <laughs> like, a, nothing like a pre-show panic attack. <laughs> Legit. Legit. But I feel like what NXT is doing is so like amazing. And I love watching NXT. I love watching the women do what they're doing. And I'm so proud of all of them and how far they've come. And honestly, I can't wait for most of them to come to Raw and SmackDown so I can wrestle them again because I miss my friends. <laughs> yeah. Who are your people on Raw or like that are in the locker room that you hang out with now? Because that's got to throw everything for such a loop for you. I find it really difficult in new situations. I sort of feel like the new kid at school, everyone's super lovely. Like, I'm not going to say that they're not like I, I have conversations with a lot of different people, but most of the time I'm sort of just walking around by myself. I might go sit in a dark corner and sit on my phone for a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it can be weird. Cause I mean, it's not that it's, it's not that it's clicky by any nature. It's just those women have all spent so much time together already that trying to like, ingratiate yourself into that scene can be difficult and not being on the road. So you guys don't have that road time together. Like they've all been so like welcoming, which I, I don't know if I expected that or not, but like, I, I thought it'd be a little bit more like, Oh, she's a new girl, but they've been super welcoming. I'm just weird. And I just sit in the corner by myself. (laughs) That's just me. I feel like people almost anticipate not being welcomed and that's not the case really at all. But you almost sort of anticipate that like, Oh God, I'm walking into like the lion's den. Is this going to be okay? But it's it's all good. And I'm sure I feel like the, the women, there must've been like a, a, an uplifting of spirits yesterday, knowing that more of the women were going to be booked on WrestleMania because seeing Natty cut her promo on talking smack or raw talk, whichever one it was. And just seeing the woman being like, ah, hello, we've got two days of WrestleMania. Let's get some more women booked. So now to have this tag team turmoil match and now the women's tag match happening on uh, day two. Yeah, definitely. You could tell straight away that like the mood changed um, when that was, all put together and announced. Um, I felt so bad for everyone. Like I can't believe that they were going to leave that off the show. I'm so glad that it got added because the women in the women's division, they deserve so much. They work so hard for so long and to not put them on WrestleMania, it's sort of, it's sort of like a, a kick, you know, like it's, 
not nice. So I'm, I'm glad that they got added because they deserve it. Yeah. It kind of makes you feel like your whole year has been almost worthless if you've not had that moment. So yeah, I'm really happy to see all those women get that moment to, to step out there. Um, so WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday, but your family from Australia is not going to be able to be there. I would assume, right? How is that affecting you? Yeah, they're not going to be there. <laughs> I wish that they could be. I really do. But I feel like because last year they weren't here either. Um, I sort of let out all my emotions then. This year I sort of expected it more. It still sucks. Like I wish that my family could be here to share this moment with me. And <laughs> it's hard because I was talking to them the other day about it and they're like so excited and so pumped and they want to watch my match so bad but because it's like, in Australia, it'll be Monday and I think it's on at like 10 a.m. So they're at work as well. So they can't even watch it live. But I feel so bad for them. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for them. But hopefully after work, I'm still awake and maybe we can FaceTime and watch it together. Yeah. I mean, there, there's always a way around it. Get you some Tim Tams, get you guys sorted out. <laughs> I wish I had some Tim Tams. <laughs> can, you get, can you get those at anywhere in Orlando? You can get them at like Publix, but they're not as good. It's like that with the Canadian stuff here too that I can get. I'm like, it's not really worth it. Doesn't seem it's the just same. not the same. It's not. It's the like same. different chocolate. Completely different. It's like they use like the like ghetto chocolate and like not the good seasonings. They give us like the, the budget versions of it. It sucks. It's um, not worth the calories. <laughs> it's not worth the calories. I'm gonna do it. I want to do it. 100. Exactly. Um, how has this whole year been being away from your family? I mean, not only with COVID shutting down the world, but all of the fires that had been happening in Australia, that must have been really, really difficult for you to just be stuck. It's definitely sucked a lot. Like I'm a huge family person and not being able to see them for so long. Like I think it's been two years since I've seen them last, which is way too long for me. Like I, I miss my mom. I miss my dad. I miss my annoying sister. Who just turned 21, I saw, right? Was that recent? She's turned 21? Yeah, she turned 21 in March and I still can't believe it ridiculous when like when did she grow up crazy I missed it I can't it makes me so mad knowing that I missed her 21st birthday such a special birthday and I couldn't be there and like she's one of my best friends as well as annoying as she is she's one of my best friends and we're always there for each other so it does it hits hard knowing that I, I can't see them what are some other things that you miss from Australia if you could import certain things from Australia aside from Tim Tams that we just said what would you want to get I would love to have some Farmers Union iced coffee. I miss iced coffee. I would definitely have the entire Villies store. It's like a bakery. It's actually really sad. Mr. Villies died the other day. No! I know. It's really sad. He's a South Australian treasure, but his food is the best. Like his meat pies are amazing and his chips and gravy you know what chips and gravy is like not a big thing in the u.s it is in canada but it's not it must be like a commonwealth thing or something i don't understand why somebody would not want gravy on their fries i don't know i don't know at all like i have not seen any gravy no, around the it's place not a, at you all. don't just get like a side order of gravy no and i miss it like, yeah, I want to I had to make my own at certain points because I'm like, well, no one else is going to make it for me. I guess I got to figure this out. There is one British pub that is near me that delivers on Postmates and they will do, they'll do like fish and chips with gravy, which I love. 
but yeah, it's, it's hard to track that stuff down. It's so difficult. I didn't realize how different it would be when I first moved here, how much stuff they don't have and how much extra stuff they do have here. It's insane. Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dum-dum like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game. You can switch it up. You can change your mind. It's all up to you. Ball is in your court. So FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit. Just go to FanDuel.com slash cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash cowherd. FanDuel, more ways to win. So growing up in Australia, and I feel like my um, my deep digging on Australia only goes so far, but it seems a little terrifying. Like the heat is gnarly. Uh, you have insane insects and snakes and box jellyfish and sharks. What is that like growing up in Australia? And what kind of things are you warned about as a kid to like steer clear of? Or if you do get stung or bit or poisoned, what to do? I mean, I guess it's pretty normal for me. <laughs> it's crazy. I always get messages from like Ember Moon and she'll keep sending me like things that she's seen in Australia. She's like, is this real? I'm like, yes. Like, yes, it's real. <laughs> she's like, I'm never going there. I don't know. I think I'm just used to it because I've lived there my entire life. Um, I guess the one thing that my parents used to tell me growing up was like, don't play in long grass because like there's snakes and stuff and just not to like run if you're near a snake, which I've done before. So, oops. Oh, you can't run near a snake. A snake will get you if you're running. You don't want to move when you see a snake and the snake sees you You want to stay completely still because I think it's, they feel the vibration. So like they might feel like you're going to attack them and then they'll get you first, but it's just normal in Australia. Like the amount of times that I've been next to a snake and not even realized. I don't know. It just doesn't faze me anymore. (laughs) Have you ever known someone that's been like bitten by a snake, like something that's like poisonous or stung by something like that? Not poisonous. I know my mom's been bitten by a few snakes because she had 25 snakes before I was born. Like just in cages? Yeah. Yeah. She, um, I think she used to catch them and I think she bred them. I can't really remember. I need to ask her, but she had 25 pet snakes. And then she got rid of them all when I was born, but she's been bitten a fair few times. I've had like friends that have been stung by like jellyfish, you know, pee on it and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so that really does work. Just pee on it. Pee. Like, I guess you, I guess you would kind of want to bring in a dude for that. Right. Or just. I think it'd be any- easier. <laughs> 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 um, also. So when I was like prepping for this interview, I was like talking to my husband about it. Cause he's like, he gets very into like wildlife stuff big time. And he was like, do you know that their prime minister got eaten by a shark at some point and just like died? This was in like the nineties, I think. I don't know who the prime minister was because I did not do a deep dive on this. I just kind of like chalked it up as like, wait, what? But yeah, I guess he went like surfing and was it just a goner. He just went over the wave and then that was it. I need to do more research. I, I didn't hear, I haven't heard about that, but I also haven't well, heard about Well, you're young, so it would have been like probably like maybe before you were born, but. Maybe, I wouldn't put it past Australia. We have a lot of sharks. 
we get a lot of great whites. So, okay. So growing up in Australia, I know you've posted about this a lot and you still, you still post and talk about this, but body image things of people want to talk about you being jacked and it is always a topic of conversation of women's bodies for whatever reason. Um, how has that been for you growing up to now turning into this woman that has this amazing platform and has success, not only just off of your physical appearance, but it definitely plays a part in it. Yeah. So body image has always been something that I've been very insecure about, especially growing up. I've never really liked the way that I looked. Um, I've always wanted to be like a supermodel, like super thin, super tall, like people that you see in magazines and it's just not realistic. It's hard when you see that growing up and then you look at yourself and you're like, damn, why don't I look like that? But over the years, like I've grown to really like love my body, even though there's still bits and pieces that like I'm not happy with, like I'm working on them in the gym. And I know that but like the body that I want doesn't come instantly. Like I have to work for it. So like I've realized that now, but when I was younger, it was really, really tough. And having people like make fun of my broad shoulders or like how jacked I am, like it was really hurtful back then. Now, not so much. And I get it a lot more these days than I did back then, especially like now that I debuted on Raw, like there's so many more eyes on me and my social media is just blown up on like people just being rude as hell. Oh, I thought you were going to say in a good way. No, it's people being rude. Yeah. So like, I feel like now that I'm more in the spotlight, more trolls have come out, but like, I'm lucky that I'm a lot stronger these days. Cause if I was the same insecure girl that I was like, two, three, four years ago, like I wouldn't be handling this as well as I do now. So that's why I always try and push on social media and the platform that I have that it's okay to be like the way that you are and look the way that you are. You should love yourself no matter what. Like people on social media, they don't mean anything. They're just random trolls that are in their mom's basement looking to get a rise out of someone. That are probably doing nothing for their bodies while you're there busting your ass, staying in shape and working out in the gym and having these goals and everyone just wants to sit and throw these stones. Exactly. Exactly. I understand that everyone likes a type. And if I'm not your type, like I don't care. Like I have a lovely boyfriend. Like I don't need you. If you don't like the way I look, like you don't have to post about it, but you don't have to like it. Like I don't see why it's so necessary for everyone to just like, Oh, you look like a man. Like, why is that necessary? Like, why do you have to go on social media to be a prick? I don't, I don't get it. Like, why would you exert your energy into something so negative when you can be positive and actually try and bring people up? Even if it's something you don't like, just don't write anything at all. I've never understood that, how people just have the energy to expel negativity towards someone else rather than like, if you hate, if you're looking at something that you don't like, that's miserable for you. So just go off and find something else that makes you happy and leave that person be like, I just, I never understand where that weird, angry negativity comes from. And it just like breeds wildly on social media. It's crazy. People just want to be bullies, I guess, but it's not cool. Like it's not cool at all. No. I mean, we, you know, as much as you can say, Hey, I'm an actual real person and I am reading this stuff and I'm seeing it. People just, it doesn't equate to people. It's like they, it doesn't make sense to them that you are actually a real person rather than this person that they just see on TV or this like superhuman person. It's funny. Cause like they, they'll take one thing and then turn it into something else. 
So like every now and then I'll get like, you're ugly. I don't like you. And your wrestling's crap. Piss off. Do you just not like the way that I look? Or do you actually think that my wrestling's crap? Like You can't win. At that point, you just can't win. It's so infuriating. But, you know, watching um, Beth Phoenix's documentary and seeing you on there and I'm sure watching somebody like Beth, um, who were some of the other women that you were looking up to when you were coming up? So Beth was definitely like a big one. I love Caitlin as well, just because she was so different. And like after meeting her in the May Young, she's super cool. And she's just a great human. I was so sad because I thought she was coming back at May Young. I was like, so oh my I. God, yes. And it was just a one-off. And she, I mean, she looked fantastic. You can see she's in such a great like headspace, physically, mentally, like she's just firing on all cylinders. So I thought we were going to get another Caitlin run. Yeah, I thought we were too. I was very sad when she didn't come back. I was like, yay, I might be able to wrestle her in NXT, but yeah. no. <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't Unfortunately. Happen. What about China? Was she somebody that you were watching a lot when you were younger? I actually didn't watch too much of China. Um, I think she was a bit before my time. I always forget how young you are. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was really hard to watch wrestling in Australia too. Like I think I started properly watching like lots and lots of wrestling when I was probably in like year five or six, so grade five or six. That's when I properly started like watching more because we got Foxtel. So like I could actually record the shows and watch them. But before that, it was always on the weekend and I played sports on the weekend. So I found it really hard to like watch it and actually sit down and pay attention. But I remember seeing like the Bella twins all the time, which was real cool. Like actually properly meeting them the other day. I loved AJ Lee. I thought she was so cool. She came out with Converse on and I thought that she was just epic. (laughs) Yeah, she is. She's a badass. She's great. I think she's one of those people that everyone's like, she ever going to come back? When are we going to get to see that? I don't know if we've got to hold our breath on that one, but it would be yeah, really cool. It would be very, would very be, cool. That would be cool. What's the wrestling scene like in Australia? Because we keep seeing more and more people making their way out of Australia from you to Peyton and Billy, Buddy Murphy, Andy Hartwell. I mean, we're we're starting to see lots of uh, Aussies show up on the scene. And from Emma, can't leave Emma out. Shit, she'll kill me. um when I first started I don't feel like it was very big in Australia it's definitely grown a lot over the last few years which is so good to see like I'm so glad that the guys and girls are getting the recognition that they deserve because they've worked so hard for it but when I first started like it wasn't very big um like I didn't even know that there was wrestling in Australia until I randomly like me and my family and our family friends, we were on a trip in Queensland, just a holiday. And we walked across like this flyer for a wrestling show. And I was like, there's wrestling in Australia? Like I was so confused. I was like, we have to go to the show. <laughs> so we went to the show and we like watched it and it was amazing. I mean, what, looking back at it now, it probably wasn't the best wrestling, but at the time it was like amazing, especially being a kid. I was like, wow, like this is cool. So then when I got back to South Australia, I looked up for like uh, schools in Australia and I found Riot City Wrestling and went to the shows for like two years watching it and then tried out. But before that, like I didn't feel like there was like it was that big because I didn't hear about it and I was a wrestling fan. <laughs> Did it seem almost like unattainable to you to be so far away from America, feeling so far away from the epicenter that is WWE to feel like that's a real goal that you could achieve? Yeah, it felt impossible for sure. It's funny because at my Riot City tryout, um, my coach, Matt Basso, 
he gave this speech to everyone because he went through everyone that was at the trial. He's like, what do you want to get out of wrestling? And everyone was like, we want to make it to WWE. And at the end of it, he was like, I don't want to burst your bubble, but it's probably not going to happen because they're not really looking at Australians. Like it's very, very difficult to get to America and get into WWE. Like you have to go through all these things. You got to do shows in America, hoping that they'll notice you like all this stuff. And he just went on this speech about how we shouldn't get our hopes up, like still train as hard as we can and see what comes from it. But like, don't be crushed if it doesn't happen. So I didn't think it would happen. (laughs) You know, I didn't think I'd ever make it here, but I did. What was the first point of contact for you with WWE? So when I was 17, actually, so I'd only been wrestling for a year. WWE went to Australia for a show. I think Jag Hartley Jackson put my name down uh, with Canyon and Canyon sent me an email. He's like, Hey, you've got to try out. Can you send through all your information? And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like a child. (laughs) And literally a child. Yeah. 17. You're a baby. (laughs) I was like so excited. I was like crying. I was trying to write this message. And I think because I was so immature, I wrote it in a very immature way. Sure. Because that's how you are. Like you're a kid, you're excited. And he wrote me back and he was like, oh, I didn't realize that you were that young. Um, Maybe contact us when you're 21. And I was like, damn. (laughs) I mean, I guess they would have eventually found out because they'd have to get you your visas and all that. But so you were 17 and then did you actually have to wait until you were 21? No. So when I was 17, I actually, I went to the trial anyway, just to say hi to everyone, try and be like respectful, get my name in their minds. So they remember me. And then when I was 20, they went back for another show and we had another trial and they just, they were like, all right, you can be a part of this one. And me at 20, I just, I trained for months trying to be ready for this tryout. And then <laughs> it's funny because on the day, everything got so stuffed up because the arena was like, huge. The trial was the day of the show. So everyone was like late and like super stressed. And then they had the show that night. So like it was this massive arena and it was pouring outside, like bucketing down. And by the time everyone found the door to get into (laughs) the arena, everyone (laughs) was drenched. Everything was just wrecked. And I think we were all, I think everyone that was a part of the tryout was like, 30 minutes late and then WWE were like an hour late because they couldn't find their way in either. Turn on your GPS, <laughs> so like my Canyon. my was very short. <laughs> Sorry to call you out, guys. <laughs> all right. I feel like I got very lost trying to get into the building in Australia when we were there and I was like doing laps around the building. I'm like, I don't know how to get in. I didn't have my credential. I just looked like a stray woman. Like, I swear I work here. Took me ages to get in the building. I, I managed, but like it was a doozy. Yeah, the buildings are like huge. super big, and the doors are just like so hidden. I don't know why they're, they're so hidden, but they are. How different was your character that you showed up on that day to the Rhea Ripley we get to see today? Um, <laughs> it was very different. So, like, I don't really have much of a character. It's sort of just like myself times ten. So like whatever emotion I'm feeling in the moment, that's sort of what I'm doing times 10 where the Rhea Ripley that you saw at the start is like how I am right now. Like I'm bubbly, I'm happy, I'm laughing, I'm smiling. Um, And that's sort of what I portrayed in the ring. I also wanted to please everyone. And I know that with the tryout and with training and all that, everyone's like, make sure you smile, make sure you seem happy to be there. So like I was very 
over the top with that stuff because I wanted to prove that I wanted this. But over the years, you know, I've got a little bit salty with the business. So that's like the Rhea Ripley that you see today. Like I'm, I'm more angry at the world than I used to be because I've been through a lot more than I had been through at that time. <laughs> you know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to five thousand dollars when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. So here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states. You can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash over under and sign up now. If you've not done so already, please just do it. You're going to love it. Just create a new FanDuel account. And if you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then you put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to 5,000 bucks. Do it. Age and location restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Who helped you earlier on or even now with with just like your in-ring style working as such a tall woman working in that space? I want to say like Scotty Too Hottie was a massive impact in my career. There was a time at the PC where like I felt like not many people believed in me and no one really gave me the time of day or like helped me too much. But Scotty was always one that was there for me. So I was in his class for three months. It was me and Raquel, and we were the only girls. The rest were guys, which is what I'm used to. I'm used to just wrestling with guys. That's what I did in Australia. So I was really happy to be in that class. Like, and Raquel's tall too. So at least you guys had each other to kind of lean on for that. Exactly, exactly. So we sort of learned together, which was like awesome. Yeah, if it was like you and Alexa, that would have been a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it would have been real, yeah. real difficult. I mean, I would yeah. have learned how to be an amazing bass, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Scotty's definitely the one that like helped me mentally get through the games that are in wrestling. He's one that's always believed in me. Every time I was down or I got told that I was crap and that I wasn't learning, that I was dangerous, that I sucked at everything he was always the one there that would grab me straight after those talks and be like no you're doing great I see you every day and I know that you're improving and I know that you're doing great and if you keep on this track like you're gonna be big so Scotty's one that's always been there for me and Raquel and he's sort of like our dad like our wrestling dad <laughs> so I love Scotty too hotty. <laughs> So another thing that was on my notes, looking back from the Mayon Classic, was that um, The Miz was a big influence for you. Have you talked to The Miz about this? Does he know and does he harass you now? Um, I haven't talked to him. So does he not know this information? Because I feel like if this is information he knows, he's going to be on it like big time. I mean, that's just how he operates. Like, wait, you're a fan. Let's talk. Let's like let's get down to it. I don't know. I don't know if he knows now. I thought that he knew and that's why I don't want to say he avoids me because he doesn't avoid me, but like me being a fan, I'm just like, oh, he's over there. Like, let me not walk over there. And he doesn't really like notice that I'm there, which is like how I am. I'm good with that. So I don't think he knows. <laughs> oh my God. I feel, I'm, I'm hoping that some kind of headline comes out of this so that he's aware. Otherwise I'm going to have to text him and be like, hey, FYI, 
I don't mean to blow up her spot here, but Rhea Ripley does have a Miz cut out at her house in Australia. <laughs> Just so you know. Oh my God. You know about the cutout. I know about the cutout. I do my, I do my deep research. At least when I was on commentary, I was trying to get all the, all the dirt. Oh man. Um, okay. So we know that you're a huge heavy metal fan. What would be on like a shuffle on your iPod of something that would surprise people? An unexpected jam that you are into or an artist that you really like. So I like Miley Cyrus. Like new Miley Cyrus, like edgy Miley Cyrus. Old Miley Cyrus too. Like I've got the climb on my phone, party in the USA. I've got that stuff. And I love the black eyed peas. Like it's a guilty pleasure for me because I grew up listening to them. Get a little Fergie in your life. I love Fergie. When the world opens up, what concert are you like dying to go to? Because you're big into like mosh pits and stuff too, right? Yes, I do love a good mosh pit. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you want to see? I really want to see Motionless and White again. I was really excited for Download Festival because I knew that they were going to be there and I knew that um, New Year's Day was going to be there too. So I wanted to go see them and I wanted to go see Motionless and White so I could get in the mosh pit. And actually Chris Motionless messaged me as well. He's like, I hope you're at Download. I want to come see you wrestle, which was like a massive thing for me because he's like one of my favorite singers. That was a shock in itself. So I'd probably say Motionless and White. Well, hey, there's time. The world is slowly making its way around. So this could potentially happen. Um, earlier you mentioned your lovely boyfriend. How did you two meet? How like you guys have been together for a while. You guys seem cute as all hell when I see <laughs> you on social media. How did you guys get together? Oh, uh, so we actually met at the gym. <laughs> it's the only and place. And you didn't I know go. that he was also a wrestler. No, so he um I think he knew that I was a wrestler, but he had been wrestling maybe two months, but it was like at a school that he didn't go to training too often with. Um, so he he was very, very green, very new. But he was like the new guy at my gym. And I I was very lonely um, at that time. So like I made friends with all the staff members at my gym because I just, I didn't want to go home because there was nothing for me. Like all I had was, was Luna, my dog. And like, I know she was waiting for me, but I was like, I was so sick and tired of just like sitting at home. So I would spend hours in the gym and I would try and strike conversations with like humans because it's what I should do. <laughs> but <laughs> Kevin was like the the new guy and he just sort of started talking to me and next I knew it was like two hours later <laughs> and I was like this guy's cool like I actually don't mind talking to him because I'm really awkward as well like I'm not very good at holding a conversation but with him I I held it I don't think that's true at all not off this anyways we're having a great chat we are Oh yeah. I've gotten a lot better over the last like Media couple training years. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We just, we sort of clicked like straight away and then we hung out a few times. He um, looked after Luna when I went back home, which was a big step in my trust. I came back and everything was completely fine. So I was really, really happy with that. Luna was happy and healthy. I was like, good. Cause I would, I would have killed him. I would have hunted him down and killed him. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't imagine if anyone did my dog wrong. Hell to the no. I'd throw fists 100%. Yep. She's my baby. She's my child. So what was the first date? Who made like the first move of like, oh, are we like more than friends here? Um, The first date, he invited me bowling. Oh, okay. Very nerdy. I like that. Yeah. So we went to a bowling alley and we went to like the arcade and stuff and just had a really, really fun day. Um, we played pool. I beat him in pool. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, we just like, we sort of hung out then. And then a few times, like he would come over, we'd have like movie nights, a few nights, and then eventually, you know, it sort of just le- led to a relationship. Oh, very nice. And you guys have lasted during a pandemic. I mean, that's a big relationship test right off the bat. That's a little scary to be like, we're going to make this or how are we going to do here? Ready to lock it down? Because you're just inside with each other all the time. But luckily for Kevin and I, like we're pretty much inseparable. Like if we are apart, it's very weird. Like we're not used to being apart from each other now. Like we've just grown so much closer during this time and we don't know what to do without the other person. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's like you're like missing a limb or something. You're like, what am I supposed to do now? It's, it throws everything off. It does. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Does he get to come to WrestleMania with you? Is he going to be there? So he'll be in Tampa with me, but we don't get family and friends this year. So why? There's there's a crowd anyways. Why not? I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, they, they sent us like discounted tickets and all that, but we have friends that are going to be there anyway. So he's probably just going to go chill with them at their Airbnb and watch it there. I feel like it'd be better for him as well, because if he is there and he's by himself, he might get approached by people and I don't want him to go through that. Yeah. And you're going to be so busy all day. I'm not going to be able to see him. No, no. And you don't have to like worry like, Oh God, is he cornered by the (laughs) nose? Those are the things that I worry. (laughs) What's happening here? Um, It's I guess because it's limited seats too. So I guess maybe that's why no friends and family. That's a bummer though, but whatever your act, your real family is not there anyways. So it's, extra reason to not feel as exactly. bad about it exactly i guess it's okay. I, I really like getting to hang out with you and having you on the podcast <laughs> it's today fun. it's fun getting to just like yeah just shoot the shit i learned about australia and don't run away from snakes noted <laughs> Stay very still duly noted and we both now have to go do research on the prime minister that got swallowed yeah, by a shark i'm definitely gonna look that up best of luck to you at wrestlemania we cannot wait to see what you do you and oscar are gonna absolutely tear it up Best of luck. Can't wait to see what your gear is. Can't wait to see your entrance, the whole thing. Enjoy the crowd and enjoy uh, enjoy your moment. You deserve it. Thank you. I can't wait. It's going to be super special. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now go make your checklist and, and get your party started. <laughs> I will. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Bye. Big shout out to Rhea Ripley for coming and hanging out with me for a bit, giving me her time. I know she's... Uh, in the thick of the media frenzy that is WrestleMania week. So I really appreciate her being able to take the time and, and give me a a bunch of her time and talk about all things Australia. Also, Hey, I did a little bit of a fact check on this because I was talking about the prime minister uh, going missing in Australia, assumed by some kind of shark attack or undertow or, or something. I thought it was in the nineties. It was actually in 1967. So no wonder she's less familiar with it. And I did not have any facts. I was just talking shit and I was wrong. It was not in the nineties. It was 1967. But I mean, what a crazy story. Give that a Google. So yeah, thanks to Rhea Ripley for hanging out with me. Everyone's so stoked to watch Rhea and Oscar absolutely tear the house down. Those two women are going to beat the shit out of each other. Uh, and we all just get to sit back and enjoy it and, uh, and reap the benefits of that. Good luck to everybody at WrestleMania. Again, I've got a tiny bit of FOMO but I get to watch it in my sweats at home. So not all that bad, not too shabby at all. And uh, you guys know what to do here. This is my spiel where I tell you where to follow us all. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Renee Paquette. Uh, The volume is the volume sports that is both on Twitter and Instagram. 
And you guys can hear us on Monday as Emilio and I are going to break down all things WrestleMania as we do a little recap. He's a, a he's a wrestling sports entertainment encyclopedia. Uh, he also has his own podcast, Wrestle Rap, that you guys can check out as well. You guys got the creds. He's awesome. He's going to be fun to uh, to hang out with and, and break the show down. Break the show down! Oh my god, I just did that and I couldn't stop it. My condolences. See you guys on Monday. Bye-bye. <laughs>